Hello and welcome to another episode of Taishara Manethrin, a Wheel of Time podcast. I am Will. I'm Sam. Today, we are continuing in the great hunt. Before we get started, I always want to remind you that you can support our podcast by visiting our website at tsmpodcast.com, clicking on the little yellow donate button at the top left, and you can choose to either donate on a regular basis or give a once-only gift by selecting yearly and uh, remind me, and then it'll just send you a reminder, and you can ignore that. But even if you're not going to donate, you know what? We're just glad you're here. And thanks so much for joining us today. Sam is going to be walking us through. So, Sam, why don't you take it away? Right. Chapter 32, Dangerous Words. So the crew goes to Baltanis. Baltanis? Baltanis? I can't even say his name. I I swear I said Balthanes every time when I read it. So Balthanes Manor. Sure. (laughs) Uh, only a group of 10 because apparently any more than that would be suspicious or something. Sus, uh, as the kids say. Yeah, right, right. Parent and the others didn't go. Inktar gets to, goes to add prestige. Oil, of course, is the novel token Ogier. Apparently, Ogre, Ogier are sought after in Upper Kyrian and nobility, whatever that means. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if they want to have them over to play Parcheesi? I, I, I don't know. Built their house, most most likely, I suppose. You can just imagine like a Kyrian and being like, so I've got this project in mind. Can you just give me a quote? just want a quote. Huron <laughs> uh, <laughs> tagged along because he's got to sniff out the dark friend since we know Baltanis is a dark friend, probably more at his manor. Uh, Matt's along to sniff since since the dagger, and you know nobody's gonna stop Varen from going because she's gonna do what Varen gonna do. <laughs> uh, Matt and Huron pretend to be servants, though Matt has some attitude about it. They get there, they're shown to a room with a bunch of nobles. All the nobles wear their house colors and stand in little groups together. Kind of a funny concept, like if everyone got a t-shirt made with their family seal on it or something you know the the family seal like your uncle bob has framed in his living room oh i've got one (laughs) no you have one okay no i straight up have one okay yeah i don't i don't have one i my uncle bob did (laughs) well my i i wouldn't i i got it i literally had it handed down to me from my Uh, my paternal grandfather right right um, when when he passed away so yeah so now i've got it hanging on the wall there you go Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, it's a uh, yeah. I, I wonder how many people have that. Like, I, I know it's a thing. I don't know how much of it's just a. I don't know, if you listeners. If you have your like your family seal framed on a wall, or someone in your family does, we'd like to hear about it. I'm kind of curious yeah. how common that is. I bet a lot of you do have an Uncle Bob, though, one way or another. Yeah, <laughs> it seems a lot more likely. Uh, so, a servant named. Ashen, Ashen announces them to lots of whispers. I mean, you know, Tanai said, I know gear, a bunch of Shinarans. No surprise. People notice Rand's heron marked blade as well. Rand wishes they could stay together, but Loyal says they have to split up to avoid suspicion while Matt and Huron sniff around. Bartanis welcomes them and says, We'll talk later. Loyal tells Rand that Bartanis Manor was built where an Ogier Grove had been, and that the last time Loyal traveled through Kyrian, it had been all forest and belonged to the king. So he tells Rand he senses a way gate and then disappears into the crowd, leaves Rand by himself with these people. Rand dodges nobles as best he can, but Bartanis corners him. Uh, everything Rand says, 
Artanis dissembles, assumes that Rand is playing Dice Damar, says Rand is too young to be a warder, so Ingtar must be Varian's warder. <laughs> Rand says, we are who we are. Asks about Rand's heron-marked blade, thinks he must have been trained in the borderlands, or possibly by warders. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, you got one thing, right? Right. <laughs> uh, observes that Rand looks like an Aiel, says the Endor royal line looks Aiel as well. Rand says, nah, no connection, dude. Artanis <laughs> leaves and says, you've given me much to think on uh, in true Kyrianan fashion. So Rand walks around and thinks he has no idea how to play the game, wants to get out of there, sees Tom reciting the Great Hunt here in the manor. So kind of gets him away to talk and tells Tom what's been happening about Dice Damar, the horn, and kind of just lays it all out there and asks Tom for help. I wonder if the, all these times that he's walking around and he ends up hearing Tom reciting the Great Hunt, if it's like that thing that used to happen back in the days of, you know, old cable TV, um, when you would always catch a movie at like the same point every time. <laughs> right. Like, you know what I'm talking about? Like how, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. yeah you trimmers. Like, for me, it was always trimmers. Trimmers is, yeah, that's totally, cause that was on like every station <laughs> at was. some point. Yeah. 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 It just seemed like there were, uh, for a while, um, it was army of darkness was on oh, yeah, a lot okay. sure. and I would, I would catch like, and it was almost at, always at the same point. Like when right. we turn it on, it'd be never like, the beginning. Right. Never. Yeah. Never at at the start of it. It was like, yeah, somewhere like towards the the last third of the movie. But and that was always the spot that um, you're like, well, nothing else on. I know what's happening. It's a good movie. I mean, right. It's not a bad, not a terrible. Movie. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll finish it up right here. Yeah, so I wonder sure. if that's what it is. Like if he keeps it would be kind of funny if in the show each time he comes upon Tom, he's like at the exact same spot. <laughs> right, right. In his story, like the uh, Rand's Wayne, like checking his watch. Like, oh, I've heard this before. Come <laughs> like on, man. The Wayne's World too. The the guy that is always telling the story about. As for the shopkeeper and his son, they <laughs> right. were a different story altogether. I was, yeah, I was thinking of trying to think of a Monty Python moment, but yeah, that's that's uh, right. That was that was the kind of thing I'm picturing. How they keep on re- coming back to that. That anyway. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah you're good. Says Bertanis is a dark friend, and Tom says, "Well, that's a dangerous thing to say at this guy's manor, so don't say that too loud." <laughs> Sheeran shows up to get Rand, take him with him. As he's leaving, Tom says the Kyrianen may play dice tomorrow, but the White Tower created the game. Something you should remember, Rand. <laughs> Chapter thirty-three: A Message from the Dark. Rand follows Huron to a garden. Huron says there are dark friends and Trollocs that went in there and they haven't come back out. Huron also says that the Kyrianan servants act like they're really like dedicated to their master, but they'll tell all secrets about about them over beers, just kind of like willing to give them give them up. So that's Kyrianan for you. And also sort of like, is this small talk, dude? I mean, we've got the, the Trolloc thing going, okay, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> they meet up with Loyal and Matt. Loyal says that Ogier stonemasons left because Galdrian stopped paying them. Matt can sense the dagger, only that someone is watching. Rand says maybe it's because the because the dagger is in the chest with the horn. Man, what is in that? What is with that chest? Is it like lined with <laughs> kryptonite fairy dust or something? Yeah. It's power rot. Yeah, just, just power right. rot. Power rot, yeah. <laughs> you know, so, some, somehow. In the garden, Huron sees a walled structure, says that's where the Trollocs went. Oil says there's a white gate in there. And says this is definitely an Ogier Grove, like I said. Matt is worried that the Trollocs have taken the horn and the dagger through the ways. 
And he ain't going back in there. Rand says, go find Varen and Inktar. So Loyal boosts him over the wall and they follow him in. Loyal kind of scolds Rand for being too brash as usual. Oh, hasty. Yeah. Rand opens the way gate with even to Sora Leaf. Whoopsie, there's the devil wind waiting at the door. <laughs> they hear it talking. It says, blood so sweet, so sweet to drink the blood. Charming individual. Uh, I know it, it's not described this way, but I picture it making noises kind of like the Nazgul, like when it opens. Like, yeah, sure. Just, just like the whisper. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, close it up. You know, <laughs> it's either that or it's just like a little mouth. It's like, hey, how you doing? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm here at the way gate. Just waiting for you guys. <laughs> That's sort of hey. I wouldn't mind that either. <laughs> hey, why don't you come on in here? No, you're like, going to kill us. No, no, I'm no, not. No, I'm I, not. I just want to be friends, man. <laughs> Dude. Yeah. 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 Whispers Al Thor a few times. So that's great. The devil wins, you know, knows his name. Great. Um, so Rand is not pleased by this and channels at the way gate, making the thing shriek, which there's a shriek. Um, <laughs> so it was there. Yeah, yeah. Loyal puts the leaf back. Uh, no going through that way gate, at least. So, you know, they leave. Uh, Bartenis corners Rand again on the way out. He has a message. He says, I normally don't do this sort of thing, especially don't talk to people like this. But um, yeah, here's your message. It's from Fane. He says he's going to Toman Head with the horn and Rand has to follow him or he'll kill you and everyone you love, yada, yada, yada. And then uh, and then Rand says, a dark friend says what? And he's <laughs> like, what? Oh, dang it. Got me. <laughs> Back at the end, they all discuss the nuts of stuff that went down. I don't know why. Anytime they do like sit in the inn and talk, I'm just picturing them being in an olive garden. Uh, <laughs> just getting breadsticks and, you know, just pass the salad around. I don't know why. There's no reason for that. But that is well, just one. Because when you're head. there, you're family. <laughs> Absolutely, including loyal. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Rand says, Machin Shin was standing guard. Varen says, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody tells a black wind what to do. Inktar says that Fane's message is a trick. But Rand's like, well, I mean, you know, why would he lie? He's just, you know, probably <laughs> true. I <laughs> don't know why he's like so willing to believe it. But Varen says that they should use the way gate at Steading Tofu. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone sort of doesn't want to do, but they she just Varen Varen's them into doing it. So they're going to agree to go. Um, after everyone else leaves, Rand asks Varen why Matt is still sick. So she says, you know, the healing didn't quite work. Uh, even though he seems healthy, he has like a few weeks to live at most. So that's great to know. So no pressure. Got to get the dagger back. Brian doesn't really buy it. He thinks that Varen is just trying to tangle him up in eye to eye stuff, just like Moraine. And he just kind of tells her, let's get the horn. Then we're, we're done. We're done. <laughs> so on to chapter 34, the wheel weaves. It's Tom perspective at an inn in Kyrian. We know he's not going to stay here. Tom, buddy, you just can't settle down to be happy. I'm sorry. This isn't like literary fiction or something. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's just not like some character living his life and getting depressed every now. It's like, no, this is not what we're doing here, man. Sorry. So uh, Tom visits the inn where Rand and company were. They've already left the Olive Garden. Good thing he did, though, because assassins paid him a visit at his inn while he was gone and killed his girlfriend. Yeah, so I don't know if we want to talk about this whole yeah, kind of thing a little I've, bit. Yeah, uh, we need to talk about it a bit. Yeah, for sure. It's kind of like the elephant in the room. Yeah, it's it's one of the few times that this early on, it is this 
problematic. I don't yeah, know. It certainly. It certainly feels Fridging-esque. I mean, the fact that Tom isn't like, you know, one of the main characters and it's not like the thrust of the plot moving forward. So it's not quite to that degree, right. but certainly has that feel and a little what, bit. And I guess what's weird is it's so not like the rest of these books. And yeah, you didn't even need the character of no. like to be in there at all. Like you could just have him like, you know, bumming around Kyrie and then just be like, Oh, uh, well, okay, I'll go help. I'll go help Rand again. You know, yeah. just, just didn't need to do it. I mean, uh, and, or he could just sh- uh, show up later. Like he does <laughs> yeah, sure, and, and sure. just be like, yeah, she dumped me. I mean, like she yeah, got, yeah. she got wise. Something. Right. Um, yeah. Even that exactly. Didn't have to kill her in any way, shape or form. Yeah. It, it's, it's pretty frustrating because it, it's the, it is the woman exists to motivate the man. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, she's there to die. Um, and it's just give, give Tom some pathos. It's like, right. you know, the dude already had enough going on. Like it just didn't need to do And that. I mean, I can't think of anywhere else in the entire plot where you, I mean, of, of all of these books where you have something quite so flagrant. Right. Yeah. It just, it, it brings me back to something you said a couple of episodes, Will, that, that the books don't really become what we think of as a wheel of time in the first trilogy. I mean, you have these weird moments like this. It's right. just like, oh, it doesn't really fit with everything else. Right. It feels like frustratingly, I don't know, stereotypical and mm-hmm. tropey. I don't know what's the right word. Yeah. It just could have cut it out. Right. I mean, it could have cut it out entirely. And it's like it just didn't have didn't have an editor telling that or something. Yeah. Like so, it just wasn't necessary. One of my friends here locally that I I finally got her to read it and she got to this point and kind of wanted to quit. I think she was like, sure, sure. Like this really frustrated me. And yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's unusual because I mean, like he's Jordan's kind of has a a bit of a feminist bent to his writing, if anything. Yeah. Um, He has problematic female characters, but you can tell he's trying to empower them. He's trying to give them agency. Um, He is a product of his time. I mean, you know, there was no me too movement when he wrote these books. Right. But yeah, this is out of character. I would say is a good way to put it. Yeah. 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 And I mean, there's not much more to say than that. Um, yeah, but it's I, just a shame. <laughs> right. Well, I, and I do think, and I was, I felt like I was able to say to her at that time, like, hey, that this is completely out of character of those books. I mean, just keep reading. You're not going to run into that again. And, uh-huh. and like you're saying, for the most part, while there are at times, you know, characters that you're like, well, this person's a little this or that. It For the most part, you feel like his heart's in the right place and in, in wanting to, like you were saying, giving women agency and being in the driver's seat in relationships right. and, and, yeah, you know, it's almost like he felt like he hadn't killed enough characters or something you know like yeah. maybe he read maybe he read the first game of thrones book when it, i don't know if it had come out yet or not like, <laughs> or, or something to just be like i have all these main characters i can't kill them i need to kill someone to i don't know instill a sense of realism or grittiness maybe i don't I'm know yeah speculating wildly at this point right <laughs> It does. It does feel like he was trying something. I don't know. It was, you know, maybe he realized it didn't work. It's like, well, I'm not going to do that again. Yeah. (laughs) So I I would be entirely okay with the show just excluding this plot line entirely. Although, have we decided that there's a character named Dina or something? No, there there is a uh, a woman that works at an in common room named Dana. Oh, Um, right, 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 right. But yeah, I, I. I yeah, would it's a say spin on this. I, yeah, they'll probably, there's no way they're going to do this. Yeah, <laughs> I would be very shocked. Yeah, I can't imagine the the woke vibes I get from. Um, <laughs> For sure. Yeah. You know exactly that they're they're if anything they're going to err 
err on the side of being more considerate about that kind of thing right. than less. Yeah, 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 I'm with you. Tom kills the assassins. Before he kills the second one, he asks, why? Why'd you do it? Assassin says, because of dice tomorrow. Nothing personal. Zero walks in and says, dude, you got to get out of here. Tom says he needs to kill Bartanis, but apparently he's too late. Got torn to pieces. Head on a spike. You know, Yikes. like you do. Tom gives her money for Dina's funeral. She says the assassins were from the king. No way you're going to kill him. <laughs> There's a fire in town and someone is burning up the greeneries. Tom leaves. Zara says, be careful. And Tom says, who could I possibly be dangerous to? Oh, I mean, other than the, the assassins you just killed? Like, come on, man. Like, uh, so <laughs> The line, who, who would I be dangerous to, <laughs> would actually be a great trailer line. Like, if you think sure, about it, sure. yeah, like, yeah. who would I be dangerous to cut to him? Him throwing a knife and yeah, <laughs> yeah. killing a guy or something. <laughs> pulling pulling a knife out, twirling it around and stabbing a guy. Yeah, yeah sure, sure. That's a good point. Ah, <laughs> uh, trailer. Come on, Rafe. Come on. Give us a trailer, man. Yeah. Just teasiness. Lots of teasiness. Yes. So, Padon Fane is almost a Falma. He rides to meet the High Lord Turok, uh, who says, hey, I've got the Horn of Valir here, dude. Tries to get the dagger, but Turok says, so why was that in a chest you couldn't open? Tell me your story. Maybe I'll give it to you. Fane, Fane tells him his story. May or may not be true. At this moment, Fane kind of seems like the Joker to me a little bit. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Want to know how I got these scars? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, he, he says his family served Hawkwing, didn't abandon their oaths when he died, says he'll serve the Sean, Sean Chan. Turok wants to know where he found the horn. <clears throat> Fane says it was passed down through the generations. Turok doesn't believe him, of course, right. uh, but does believe that the horn is legit. Says, you know, I'm going to present this to the Empress. But key point, he won't sound it himself because whoever does is linked to it. And if he did, he couldn't present it to the Empress. So he's 12th in the line of the throne. And if he did to Thorn, he'd be a threat. So doesn't want to be a threat to the, the Empress. May she live forever. Fane says that Althor is trying to get it with a bunch of dark friends. There's so. a moment in this scene when... You know, there's several times throughout the scene that Fane does something that is disrespectful to Turok. Yeah, yeah. And one of the lackeys is like, I should, I'm going to kill him. Yeah, you know, is, is like angry with him. And so like at one point he, he like slaps Fane one of the times for uh -huh. something he does. And the narration says something like, Fane then decided how that man would die. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and, and it's such a plain spoken okay so illustration of how yeah. deranged this man is right just like okay well that's how i'm gonna kill that guy anyway uh -huh. um, just, you know, <laughs> make, he's happily imagining this gruesome murder yes that's his happy place is murder <laughs> exactly <laughs> oh man oh geez oh fane <laughs> you a mess bro chapter 35 steadying sofu on the road, Varen wants to go fast. Inktar thinks it's all a trap. Perrin asks Loyal if wolves can enter the steading. Loyal says only Shadow Spawn can't or won't. Also, a point is that Aes Sedai can't channel in there. Matt seems eager, but definitely seems to be getting sicker. At the steading, uh, Rand feels refreshed, but can't touch the source, as mentioned. And they meet another Ogier named Aerith, who asks that some of the soldiers stay outside. But Inktar and Huron go in with go in with them. Oil says that Ogier are tied to the steading, and if they stay way too long, they'll feel the longing, capital L, which causes them to become weak and die if they don't go back. Started doing the breaking of the world uh, when they couldn't find a steading. 
Loyal says, I will know it when it comes, but it's a dull life to stay in a setting. Much more exciting to travel with three Tavirin. Then they hear the Ogier singing. Clear the field, smooth it low, let no weed or stubble stand. Here we labor, here we toll, here the towering trees will grow. Uh, so this reminds me of the old Hobbit cartoon, mm-hmm. and I guess the Hobbit movie a little. A little. You know, that is one thing I enjoyed about the first Hobbit movie, movie was their little singing number. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, was, was pretty, that was pretty good. There was a lot of things I didn't like about it, but yes, that was yes, one of those. like one high point. Right. Um, Rand notices a tree like a redwood. Loyal tells him it is a great tree. Capital G, capital T. There are lots of Ogier around, and Rand is envious of how carefree they all seem. Older males have mustaches and beards, whereas younger are smooth-shaven. Older Ogier females have clothes embroidered with flowers, while the younger only have embroidery on their cloaks and stuff. I mean, younger have, females are clearly on the hunt. What? I was just going to say, um, well, go, you know, have we talked about how much um, Loyal is clearly crushing on um, yes. Aerith yet? Yeah, I that, mean, no, we have not. That is very true. There's lots of ear quivering and... Yes. Uh, and he's oh oh oh. <laughs> um, this better this better twitching. happen somehow. Yeah, you yeah know? definitely. We want to we want to see the big goofy ogier, you know, getting all smitten all head over heels for yeah. sure. Uh, so the ogier houses are like grass mounds, and the windows look like they're sculpted by wind and water. Um, there are other human guests, three Aiel maidens of the spear. So Ingtar starts to. Pull his, pull his sword out, the Thiaio Veil, which generally means they want to kill you. And both groups get ready for a fight. Varen and Aerith try to stop them, and Loyal says, Remember the pact! Another Ogier named Juin uh, tells them all to put up their weapons. The Aiel get embarrassed, lower their veils, and apologize. And one says they felt threatened to see armed dudes in the steading. They stare at Rand in contempt because he looks like an Aiel, but wears a sword. The scandal! <laughs> um... Ingtar, uh, can't believe they stopped, says once an Aiel veils are going to kill you, so you got to kill them or they're going to kill you. Aerith says they're visiting to get sung wood. Studying Sofu has two tree singers, and Aerith says studying Shangtai has a young tree singer, apparently unaware that it is loyal. Aerith takes them to a house made for humans to wait. So Matt and Perrin think the maidens are there looking for he who comes with the dawn after their earlier encounter with the Aiel. They tell Rand about meeting him, Urien. Uh, so maybe it's Rand. Who knows? You're the only Aiel we know. Rand denies it because that's what he does these days. Ogier ladies keep bringing loyal gifts, which makes him nervous as a long-tailed cat in a room full of rocking chairs. Uh, oh, wait, never mind. As nervous as a cat in a dog yard, according to Rand. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, yeah, well, there that's you go. The book. Now we need Swan to show up and give us the fishing version. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Loyal is scared one of them will want to be his wife. In Ogier culture, if a lady sees something she likes, she tells her mom or phones up. Uh, who phones up the boy's mom and arranges a marriage. Matzel. Uh, <laughs> boys have no say, and if the elders discover Loyal is away from his steading without permission, they'll definitely make sure he is married off lickety-split. <laughs> uh, Matt laughs and says, Among us men do the choosing. Careful there, champ. Wouldn't want to jinx yourself or anyone else. All right. Uh, Rand thinks his engagement with Egwene was similarly arranged after his mother died. He tells Matt that Abel Cawthon rarely did anything without his mom's permission, which shuts Matt up. Juin tells them to follow him to see the elders. Loyal says his choices are to stay and get married or travel the ways. So, on to chapter 36. 
Among the elders, Saran and company try to convince the Ogier to let them enter the Steading Way Gate so they can get to Toman Head. Oil stays outside to keep a low profile since he isn't supposed to be away from his steading. The Ogier Hall is huge because the Ogier are huge. Um, Alar is the eldest of the elders. Um, she says, yeah, no, that place is awful and dangerous. Brings out an Ogier named Trial, who got brain damaged in the ways. He can barely stand and is drooling. Um, Varen delves him and says he is devoid of a soul. Well, that's something we'd like to avoid. Stavirian boys want to travel anyway. They eh, want to travel the ways anyway. Okay. <laughs> you know, young and brains aren't fully developed yet. <laughs> Can't assess risk. Yeah. Um, that is true. Makes, I actually was just talking about this the other day that uh, the uh, risk assessment part of the brain is the kind of the last part to finish yeah, developing. Yeah, like when you're 25. Right. Checks out, you know, that yeah. really, that makes perfect sense to which, me. Which is exactly why, you know, um, army infantrymen are like 18 to 25. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. That's, that's right. Not cool. They meet up with the Shinarans at the way gate. Baron opens the gate and whoopsie daisy, there's Mockin' Shin again. <laughs> Rand worries that the Black Wind is following him like a lost puppy. Uh, <laughs> slam the door or, or i guess a possessed pig maybe <laughs> yeah i just i just have this picture of like opening yeah well not you know right yep sure sure yeah not going there not going yeah. there that's uh that checks out huron suggests using the portal stones again Rand says um he's willing to try varan says she'll be the one to activate it to cover for Rand and everyone else to cover for Rand, since not everyone knows he can channel and everyone buys it, so Varen asks Alar to take him to the portal stone. <laughs> Chapter 37, what might be? So Alar takes him. Uh, Varen hints sort of obviously that it's time time for uh, time for them to go. Off you pop. Intar says they should go back to Kyrian to look for clues. Doubts Fane even has a horn. Varen says he's chicken. Intar says nobody calls me chicken. <laughs> and says let me at that portal stone. Varen and Rand go to the portal stone. So it turns out Varen has no idea how it works, which is why Rand has used one more recently than her. <laughs> uh, they study- skirting it pretty close there, yeah, Varen. Yeah, for sure, for sure. They study the symbols for a while, and Varen tells him, just pick one at random. Rely on that old... Sure. Yeah, you know. Rand picks an arrow broken free of a circle pointing in the direction of Toman Head. Reasonable. Then he... He channels, and then there's Flicker. Lots of Flicker. Oh, my gosh. So Rand is back at the farmhouse, gets murdered by Trollocs. Then Flicker, Rand and Egwene get married in Emmonsfield. Invaders take over the continent and kill off the Aes Sedai. Egwene becomes wisdom, but can't heal Rand from sickness and depression on account of the channeling. She dies, he gets six, and then Trollocs attack. Rand joins the defenders, even though he's lost a few fingers and is murdered by Trollocs. Sensing a theme here. Right. Wayne dies at a young age, so Rand joins the Queen's Guard. She gets a crush on Elaine, realizes he can channel, becomes a leader in the guard. Vader's attack. Rand throws lightning at them and is killed by lightning. Oh, man. No Trollocs. Mm-hmm. Uh, lives like a hundred more lives, often, often dying of sickness or violence. Then they land at the other side. Woo! That in-flight movie was no bueno. Um, <laughs> so this may be, I don't know if this would be an unpopular opinion or not. Um, and I, they probably won't do this. But uh-huh. I would actually love for them to spend a full episode on this. 
Oh yeah, like just to do a bunch of alternate right. um, realities of what and, could and, be, and maybe not. I mean, the smart money would probably be to be interweaving what's going on with the Supergirls at the oh, same time. Yeah, sure, sure. So you're not just constantly one after another, of right? These alternate, but sliders, universes. Yeah, and the, you know, I lots think, of interesting imagery for sure. Yeah, I think I want to talk about this in the spoiler section. Okay, yeah, sure. Now we're almost there. Anyway, mm-hmm. Varen states the obvious. They've all seen alternate ways they their lives could have played out. Uh, oh, whoopsie, that trip took four months. <laughs> um, Inktar says he will walk in the light and find the horn and is pretty disturbed about what he saw. That tells Rand he wouldn't betray him. And Perrin doesn't think they had many choices. Um, so Varen says, all right, let's head west. And that takes us to the end of Chapter 37. OK, I had. Um uh, you know, not not terribly spoilery, but I just just to be safe, we are going to talk spoilers and all spoilers will be on the table. So if you don't want to be spoiled, uh, join us next Check week. Check back in next week. Yeah. yeah. OK, so we're talking about the flicker, 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 uh-huh. flicker. Um, right. When. Okay, so one of the the things that we will talk about when we get there in this, this is pretty much all would just be spoilers for this book, but, you know, is uh, when Rand fights Turok and um, and and you will say when we bring it up, then as you should, (laughs) that it does seem like, you know, why, how would he beat a blade master? He's just not good enough. He has not had enough practice. And, right? and maybe I should just wait to bring this up, but, um, sorry. but I was intrigued by this headcanon that somebody presented that during all these lives. Oh, that he like learned how to use the sword. Right. Yes. <laughs> Cause he lived all those lives. Right. Interesting. And, and I was, I was fascinated by that as well as the effect we kind of get on a, on the second read, we kind of are able to infer what Ingtar went through. Um, yeah, sure. Just like how him being a dark friend, right? Um, just how that played out in all the various lives, the right. terrible things he assumed we assume he did. Yeah, and I mean, and he tells us a little bit about it later. But yeah, sure. No, that's a cool idea. Not like. You know, we knew it took four months and we knew that they lived hundreds of lives, but you don't like I just hadn't thought about any like positive outcomes from that. Like I just thought everyone just sort of seems like, oh, man, that was awful. Right. (laughs) I don't want to do that again. But yeah, I guess if they live those lives and they remember them, which they seem to. Yeah. Then why wouldn't they also remember things that they've like knowledge and, and skills that they picked up and you can back that up with brand you know remembering things remembering things ways that loose there and channeled for example or all the ways that matt uses his previous lives memories to you know be a general and stuff right and so yeah that that actually is a pretty good uh answer to how Rand could be Turok. And I, I like that. And that's why I would actually like an episode where they focus on this. <laughs> sure. Really like lay the groundwork for that because right. it, it is like a heavy lift, you know, that right. this guy who has been carrying around this blade master sword and like took some lessons with a warder, you know, beat this blade map, like a real yeah. blade master. Like it's a problem. So yeah. yeah, you could even do it during his fight. If you did it right, yeah. you could like flash back to those memories. Like right. you, you show, you know, a scene in this, in this, you know, portal stone stuff. And then you have a flashback to exactly. that same scene. Exactly. You know, lay yep. the groundwork. 
That would be really cool. Yeah. Uh, that's that's as I thought through, I was like, this could be a really important time to justify how much really. And you could, man, you could lean on this as much as you wanted. <laughs> yeah, this could be like the get out of jail free card anytime. Right. For the first uh, half the series. Or, or any Rand, Matt or Perrin exactly. does something like, wait a minute, they shouldn't be able to do that. Right. Yeah, sure. there's so, because there's a lot of that pretty early yeah, on in and, the series. It's easy to just like be like, oh, it's Tavirin. Right. Know, whatever. And that's what typically that's the argument you'll hear which has never been very satisfying to me in this specific case right exactly yeah yeah. cool okay i like that that's uh that's pretty good um all right well uh thanks for joining us as always we want to remind you that we love hearing from you you can always email us at stuff at tsmpodcast.com or visit our website tsmpodcast.com and fill out our contact form if you say nice things have any questions suggestions considerations criticisms even that we think we need to be addressed we'll be glad to talk about those in an upcoming mailbag show updates and or off-topic episode you know, we we still have that YouTube channel that I think has like forty three people now. If hey, if we nice. get <laughs> we get to a hundred, then we'll get a vanity URL. So let's just you know let's keep on dreaming that dream. Um, yeah. And uh, guys, like we said, if we get to a hundred, then we'll do a live stream. I'm 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 ready to because I'm almost confident that we won't. So I'm ready to say <laughs> like, yeah, we definitely will do that right, if we right. get to a hundred. Yeah, um, totally. Uh, anyway, thanks for listening, and as always, it's Hashar Manethrin. <laughs>